0: Okay, I I want to begin because it's a new year. Some of you, you were not in a watch night service. Uh, And I'm going to just begin with uh, Chuck Pierce's prophecy uh, so that you will also uh, know what God is speaking to the church at this time uh, in this new year. Okay, prophecy doesn't mean that it will happen. Prophecy is God revealing His heart to you to invite you to participate in His plan, in His purpose. So if we do not uh, respond in a correct way to what God is saying, it will not happen. Okay, so prophecy isn't predicting the future, but rather is God telling us this is what He wants, this is what He wants done, but He's inviting us to join Him So that His plan and purpose can be fulfilled in your life, in my life, in in this place or or this world. I believe many of us, we have received prophecy, we have received fantastic prophecy. You ask yourself, have they come to pass? Why? Why hasn't it come to pass? God has prophesied over you, He's going to use you so mightily, He's, He's going to do this and that. Why didn't it take place? Was that prophecy wrong? Maybe not most of the time because it comes from a prophet. I'm talking about renowned prophet, recognized prophet, you know. And why is certain prophecy fulfilled in other people's life when God has spoken? Because they respond. Because they act upon that prophecy. They hold on to it. They they really seek God and and move towards God bringing it to pass. You see the difference? Okay, so Chuck Pierce renounced prophets uh, for the churches at this time. Okay, prophesied that 2020 will be, we're entering into a new kingdom era. A new kingdom era. He mentioned that the church, uh, uh, you know, era, what well, well, the church, I, I can't remember the, the description. Anyway, uh. uh that, that's over. We, 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 we don't want to keep looking at the church. We need to think about a kingdom. You know, is, is another step uh, 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 further. It involved the church, but, but it's, a, it's a kingdom era. Okay, so we've been talking about this for, for many, many years, right? And some of us, as I mentioned, you have captured what God wants to do at this end time. And your life has, has exploded. Your life has enlarged and you have moved on. But others, you remain the same. Okay? Despite of the teaching, despite of the understanding of the kingdom of God, at this time, at this season, it doesn't make a difference to you. Right? So, so we don't want this to happen. I don't want this to happen. So... Uh, Chuck Pierce prophesied about this is good confirmation, is good affirmation uh, to you, to the church, about what God has been talking to us for all these years. Okay, uh, again, if it's not happening for you, if it's not bringing any difference to you, you have to ask yourself, why? Why? Why have you not embraced the kingdom? Okay, so, so I, I don't want to. to to see that this year will be another year. Next year will be just another year. And the year after will be another year, you know, in your life. I pray that this will be an awakening time that we, every one of us in this church, we will really embrace the kingdom, the kingdom of God, what God wants to do in our life and in the life of the church and, and, and in this city and nation. Okay, so... If you don't grasp it, I mentioned, you're going to miss it. Why? Because the kingdom era, I believe, is the end time era. You know, we, we want to, the kingdom of God will continue to expand and enlarge until the kingdom of this world becomes the kingdom of our Lord and Christ. So that's why it's the end time uh, 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 message. And if you miss it, because it's end time, there's no way another time. You understand what I'm saying? So you're gonna miss it. Right? So that is how serious, how serious this message is, is all about. Okay, some of us we don't understand uh, God's destiny for us. So you're still wondering, you know, what kind of destiny do, do I have? What is God's destiny for us? Because we want to enter into our destiny as a church, as a body. Our destiny is the kingdom of God because it's a kingdom prepared for us since the beginning of the world, well, before the foundation of the world. So that's our our destiny. God wants to bring His people, bring His church into His kingdom to rule and reign with Him. That's our destiny. So the word of God said, this is our inheritance. So that's where, where God is taking us to. But individually, what, what about you? You know your destiny. What does it you know uh, uh, it mean for you? Your destiny is the person that God has created you. You know, with all the gifting, with all the resources, with all the background. You know, the person that He makes you, and and, and He wants you to, you to live out this person that He has created for. This person that he has put into this world at this particular time, in this situation, in your environment, God has put you there for a purpose. So when we live out that purpose, then we enter into our destiny. Right? So that's why you have to ask yourself, what kind of life am I living? Am I living in the purpose of God? Or am I just living... Well, it's just a normal life, just like anyone else. Well, this is what is expected of human. But what is God's purpose for you? Why did He bless you in this way? Why did He give you such a, a, a gifting? Why did He put you in this environment? You see, there is a purpose, there is a reason. And God wants you to live out that purpose so that his kingdom is established in that place because of you. And so when you do that, you enter into your destiny. Right? So we have to ask ourselves, am I living, am I living the the life, the way that God wants me to live? Is this life? I was talking to, 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 to this doctor in KK. Ask about the parents, Christians, living in a certain place. What do they do? Oh, they're just enjoying their retirement, traveling here, traveling there, traveling. Hey, this is what every normal, earthly person thinks about. But is that how we live? Is that how you enter into your destiny? Is that how you prepare to receive your inheritance? Or are you going to miss it? Are you going to miss it? Ask yourself. You know, this, this, this type of, of uh, thinking, you know, well, now you know, I'm retired, I want to travel, I want to... This, this thinking is not just among the non-Christian. You know, it's, it's among believers. You know, we we totally do not understand the heart of God. I'm not saying, hey, we cannot go and enjoy ourselves, we cannot take a break. That's not what I'm saying. But, you know, to go from one destination to another is now their profession, is now their job. That's what they live for. No understanding of God's heart. And, And as we enter into this new year, that's why I don't want you to leave it just like another year. I want you to capture the heart of God. You know, that's why I say we need to know the season we are living in, the time that we are living in. We need to know that or else you're going to miss it. You ask yourself, the way you live, are you going to enter into your destiny? We we better ask that question. Okay, so coming back to Chuck Pierce's prophecy, he said, in this era, heaven and earth align In the will of God, heaven and earth aligns itself in the will of God. It means you, me, my will, what I want to do, how I want to live, has to align with the will of God. Okay? So if I'm not living, I'm just living for myself, I'm just living the way I live. If it's not aligned with the will of God, when we enter into this kingdom error, we need to align ourselves with the will of God. Okay? That means the changes have to be made. Your mindset has to be transformed. You've got to see the kingdom of God or else you wouldn't do it. You've got to live for the kingdom of God or else you wouldn't do it. And that's why we need to know what the kingdom of God means to us. And that's why the Lord Jesus asks us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. Not just to pray, not just pray that God will do it, but rather he's inviting us to come into his plan and purpose. He's letting us know heaven and earth got to align. And we have got to, 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 to a partnership with Him to bring it about. Okay, so God's kingdom has got to come into our life because Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. This is where it starts. But it doesn't stop here. That's just the beginning. When the kingdom of God is within you, it wants to expand. It wants to enlarge into this world. Whichever way you look at it, there's nothing else to live for but to live for the kingdom of God. Okay? So when we say we live for Jesus, we're we're saying we're living for the kingdom of God in practical terms. You understand, we will struggle because there are times, you know, it's not our will be done. We will struggle like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, but He submit, He obeyed. Okay, so there will be time we struggle But we've got to always remember It's a kingdom It's a kingdom that we're living for it's, You know, that, that's, that's what it's all about And then, to, uh, this is not exactly what I said This is just a summary of what I get uh, from Chuck Pierce's uh, prophecy The church is to transform the earth And our voice is to be heard by our decree What does it mean? When we are transforming this world, it means there are a lot of battles. There will be a lot of battles coming because we're invading the kingdom of darkness. We're bringing light into the kingdom of, world, uh, in, in the kingdom of this world. So there will be a lot of battle, a lot of warfare. We've got to be prepared for that. Many of us, we allow our circumstances, we allow situation to, to shape us and conform us. We do not rise up. We do not fight against what the enemy is throwing at us. Okay? Uh, so, it got to be in our spirit. You know, when that kind of situation want to harass you, want to oppress you, want you to function in this, uh, in this bondage, you've got to rise up. You've got to rise up to fight against it. Okay? There are warfares. Okay, so the more I understand the Word of God, the more I value when we fight this warfare of the kingdom, It's not, it's, it's not just about binding and losing. It's the wisdom of God. You want to win this war, it's the wisdom of God. That's why the Word of God said in the end time, the, God will use the church you know, to manifest a manifold wisdom of God to those principalities and powers. We thought fighting principalities and power, those demonic spirits, is binding and losing. No. It is wisdom of God coming through. It's in what we do. It's in how we do it. You know, we are not saying, oh, you know, now we rise out. Anything that goes against us, we go and strike, we go and demonstrate, we go and beat, beat up people. No, we're not talking about that. We're talking about wisdom. The manifold wisdom of God has got to come forth. Because that's the best, that's the, the most powerful weapon that God has given to us. And that's why we need to seek God. We need to have His mind. So that we know what to do, how to do it. You know, you know, we we, we cannot reach out to legally. Black, uh, we cannot reach out to certain group of people. But how do we fight the warfare? We got to see ways we can, we can, we can get in. And when I hear our teacher testifying and say, you know, some of my students come to me and say. I think I'm going to be a Christian. I think I'm going to be a Christian. You know, from the other group. You know, we have used the wisdom of God. We have fought that warfare. We have won the heart and soul of the person through what we do. Not because we bind and lose and do nothing else. You know, we have gone into the enemy's territory We've shined the light in there without, without fanfare, you know, just quietly doing our work. But the battle is on. Battle is on. Souls are being touched because of what we do. And because God is doing things, you know, sometimes God used donkey. And when you see a donkey, you don't judge the donkey for being dumb and stupid. Because God can use a donkey, right? So, so things are moving fast. And what, what I'm trying to say is God is using unexpected source. People you don't think they're going to, to advance the kingdom of God, help, you know. But God is using them. Right? I don't want to mention name. I think you know what I'm talking about. Uh, 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 yeah. So, so, so we, we really have to have an open mind and, and, and really need to know the heart of God because things are not what they seem. But yet, underneath it, God is doing His work. Right? You know, it's just like in the Old Testament. Uh, God is using the pagan king, you know, Cyrus, And and even the wicked Nebuchadnezzar to proclaim that God is the only God. You see, things like this will happen in this end time. Yeah, so we don't judge people, but we see what God is doing. You, You understand what I'm saying? If you do not do this, many of us, we are critics. You know, we think we know it all. We think we are judged. And we, we condemn a lot of people. They are not perfect. The things that, that you are uh, bothered about, maybe it's true. You need to be bothered about. But at the same time, we've got to see what God is doing. That's what I'm trying to say. Right? So, uh, uh, so as we move forward, advancing the kingdom of God, uh, I believe there will be a lot of this type of situation. So we, we just we just watch. We just allow God to speak over time. You know, don't be too quick to jump to the conclusion. Okay, and then he said, we are given the grace to war. And mobilize the army to bring in the harvest. We're given the grace to war. Indeed, we are. You know, we're we not afraid of what's coming. It's not going to be too nice but we got a grace. We got a grace from God because the kingdom of this world definitely will become the kingdom of our Lord and Christ. That's definite. That's a foregone conclusion. So that's why in the midst of moving towards it, you know, facing a lot of warfare, we know we got a grace. We know we are victorious. Even though at times it seems that it's hard. It's difficult. Without the grace of God, we, we just can't. But that's why we need to, in this new year, we need to seek God. We need to seek His presence to do what He wants us to do. It's not because we can do it. No. You know, it's the grace of God. It's the Spirit of God. It's His presence that will bring it about together with us. We've got to do together with us. It's going to bring... bring the, Uh, his his will to pass okay so remember ask yourself am I living the life that God wants me to live that I align with heaven's will for me okay I align with heaven's will for me for my destiny but more than that we need to see the big picture Always oh, see the big picture. We are just a tiny dot, but you see the big picture, our way moving, advancing the kingdom of God, because, because God is looking. At Jesus is coming for his kingdom. Okay, he's coming for his church, but he's coming for his kingdom. That's what he comes for. We go to, this is not in a in, in projection here, but Zechariah, the book of Zechariah, it started off by God telling the nation of Israel. Okay, this is a time when the 70 years' captivity is over. God is bringing the nation of Israel into a new era, a new season. Because previously, He was angry with the old generation because they have religion. oh, they worship God. They have temple. But they allow the world to influence them. They allow... Idols to influence them. You know, it's very much like what we are in this world. We are Christian, we are believer, we go to church. But a lot of us allow the idolatry of this world, the philosophy of this world to influence our mindset so that we are doing the same thing, living the same way just like the people in the world. But we believe in God. And that's what the old generation did. They believe in God, they have the temple, they offer worship, but the other things creep in. And God was so angry with them, and and that's when God begins to discipline them, and the nation uh, and the temple was destroyed, and they have gone into captivity. But a new season has come. God is about to, to do a new thing. But are the people ready? Are the people responding? Okay, so God begins to speak to this new generation of people and say, I was angry with your forefathers. But this is what I'm saying to you. Return to me, declares the Lord Almighty, and I will return to you. So this is how the book of Zechariah started. So this is a new generation. Are you the new generation or are you the old generation? In the Old Testament is, is time and age, right? Okay But You can be the old generation Listening to my message Ah, kingdom of God We heard it for 10 years already What is there to talk about? You know, kingdom of God You, know, blah, 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 blah. you are of the old generation But this morning You say, hey God I, You know, somehow I didn't get it Or somehow I got it But there are so much more God I'm, I'm entering him. I'm laying hold of your word. Then you are the new generation. Because God is saying to the people, return to me. How, how do you return to God? It's just like some of us, well, I'm not backslidden. I come to church every Sunday. I go to cell group. I, I, I do a little whatever I can. You know, what do you mean return to God? Because they return to me and I will return to you. What does it mean to return? You know, when they are in captivity, they already cry out to God, repent. And they realize the judgment, they realize the punishment. know, what does it mean to return to God? It's to return to the purpose, the plan and purpose of God. In other words, return to the kingdom purpose of God. That's what it means to return to God. So this morning, if you were to ask yourself, how do I return back to God? You have to ask yourself, am I in walking in my destiny? Am I uh, 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 living out the purpose that God wants me? I'm not asking you whether you believe in God or not, whether you love Jesus or not. You know, that's immaterial. I know it's important, but this is not what I'm talking about. When God is asking us to return, He's asking us to return to His, His, the plan that He has for you, the plan that He has for our church, the purpose that He has. That's what it means to return, right? And we need to return because God said, if you return to me, I will return to you. You see, they, they, they believe God, but God is saying, hey, I'm not with you. I'm not with you because you're not with me. You're not with me. You know when God wants to rebuild the temple, God wants to rebuild the city, what were the people doing? Why didn't they return back to God? Because now some of them have settled in Babylon. It's pretty good there financially, economically. So they are, they are comfortable. But what is there in Jerusalem? Jerusalem. Ruins, poverty, brokenness. It's a shamble. But God said, return. Return to my purpose. I, they already believe in God. God is saying, you return to my purpose for your nation, for your life. That is to build a temple, is to build a city. You see, that's the purpose. That's the calling. It's not that they... They don't believe in God. And, and when they look at Jerusalem, what did they say? Zechariah is living in the same time as Haggai. From the book of Haggai, you understand what they were saying. The prophets say, you are saying, now is not the time to build the temple. But you guys are living in pennant houses. You're living in luxury. You're living, you're building your own kingdom. You're building your own comfort. But you're saying it's not time to build the temple of God. Well, in fact, if you look at the natural circumstances, it's not time because, because there's poverty. You know, there they are problems. There are enemies. There are all kinds of things there. But they just want to live for themselves. So they choose not to come back. And that's why God said, Return. Return to my plan and purpose. Right? Because they're they, they just looking at living their own life. Isn't that like many of us Christians? We believe in God. You know, yeah, kingdom of God, hey, that's a pastor's job. That, that's a leader's job. Yeah, why we continue to build our panel houses? But God is saying, Return. Return to my plan, return to my purpose for your life, for your church. So in order to return to the plan and purpose of God, return to God, it takes sacrifice. Maybe you have to forego some financial benefit because now you have to uproot yourself. You're doing well, your business is doing well in Babylon in, in other places where you have settled. But to uproot yourself and go back to the plan and purpose of God, Go back to Jerusalem, go back to build the temple, it takes sacrifice. So to return, some of us will have to make that kind of decision. Otherwise, you never, you are gonna miss. Let me repeat, you're gonna miss the the, 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 your inheritance, you're gonna miss your destiny. And that's why the, the, the prophet Haggai say, consider your way. Consider your way. Look at what you're doing. Consider, are you walking? Are you doing what God is saying? Consider your ways. Return to me. What is God's heartbeat? God's heartbeat is not just for the temple. It's more than the temple. His heartbeat is for the temple and the city. So that's why it's not, we have moved away from the era of church, you know, just focusing on the church. But in this kingdom era, it's a temple and the city that God is after. Look at some of these verses in Zechariah. Let's just read the Word of God. Zechariah 1, verse 16. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. I will return to Jerusalem with mercy, and there my house will be rebuilt, and the measuring line will be stretched out over Jerusalem, declares the Lord Almighty. Verse 17, Proclaim further, this is what the Lord Almighty says, My towns will again overflow with prosperity, and the Lord will again comfort Zion and choose Jerusalem. What's God's heart? God's heart, first of all, is for His temple. It's not a building His after, right? Because the building the rebuilt temple physically is not as magnificent as Solomon's temple. So it's not the building that he's after, but yet the prophet said the latter glory is far much greater than the former. Why? Because the presence of God, the glory of God dwells. So God is after true worship. Because previously they had the temple, but there's no true worship. God is after true worship where His glory dwells in the midst of His people where His holy presence, His Holy Spirit is with His people. So God is after the temple. The building itself is important because it's a reflection of God's relationship with His people. But then it's not just tied down to the building, right? It's the glory of God. It's the essence. It's a real worship being offered. So when we rebuild the temple, our whole life is involved. Our work is our worship. You can sing, God, you're so great. You can sing, I love you, Jesus. But it means nothing. But it's through your work, it's through your life that's going to speak whether you love God, whether you serve Him, Where do you serve His purpose? So some of us, we probably never really worship God because work and other areas are mine. Sunday morning, I sing, God, Jesus, I love you. You are great. But I have no concern, no care for the temple because that's the temple. That's that's God's temple. You know, I'm building my pennant house. That's not worship. That's not worship. God is after the temple because that's where He dwells. That's where His presence is. That's where His heartbeat is. Out of there, everything flows from there. So the focal point, you know, the first thing, God said, return to me. He said, you know, I I will have mercy upon you. That means look at what you have. Some of you have a lot and you're doing well. Others are not. But it's not because of this. It's because of my mercy. I will cause it to happen. I will build it. I will show mercy on you so that it can be done. So it's God. It's God. Different one of us, we have to make different kind of sacrifice and decision. I will show you mercy because I want to rebuild my temple so you see the heart of God. But He didn't stop there. He said, the city, the towns, I will cause it to prosper, and I will cause abundance to flow again. So God does care for us. He does, you know. He 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 wants us to be prosperous. He wants us to overflow with His abundance for a reason. Some of us now we we just want this part for ourselves. We don't care about building the temple. You know, we don't care about reflecting the glory of God, speaking to the world through our works, you know, telling them about how great is our God to what they can see. We don't care about that. We just care about ourselves. That That's not worship, right? That's not what God intended it to be. That's abuse of God's grace and uh, mercy and blessing upon our lives. But God wants, to, wants us to prosper because He is interested in the city. He wants the city to reflect His abundance, his, his, his glory, so that His people also enjoy his, his, this, this abundance. Okay? So that's what it says here. And in fact, God says in, in, in verse 17 proclaim further, this is what the Lord Almighty says My towns my towns will again overflow with prosperity and the Lord will again convert Zion and choose Jerusalem. God take ownership of the city. God said, this is my city. Why? Because my temple is there. I tell you, this city belongs to God. You know, this city is a holy city. Why? Because the temple is here. The temple is here. And God wants to bless this city. Right? So that we will be comforted. He wants to bless us. He wants to touch our life. He wants to enlarge our territory, expand our border. All for a purpose. All for a purpose. God wants to transform our city through us. Right? And, uh, you know, when, when that happened, I will be comforted because right now I'm saying, God, how come our children are out there? How come they're not here? No job. So God, you're after this city so that our children can come back so that they can continue to expand serve the kingdom of God. You see, when God prospered the city, it's for a purpose. It's to comfort us. Right? For the nation of Israel. Some of them are so oppressed, some of them in poverty, and so on. And God said, Hey, you built my temple. You fall in line with my plan and purpose. I'm gonna bless this city. You think out there is good, but I'm gonna tell you it's better here because I'm gonna prosper this city. You want to stay in Babylon? But I'm going to prosper the city when you build my temple. Okay, so we must understand the heart of God. Wherever we are, God is after the temple. God is after the city. It's His city. But when you read on, you're going to be blessed. Look at Zechariah 2. Zechariah 2, verse 1 to verse 5. Then I look up. And there before me was a man with a measuring line in his hand. I asked, where are you going? He answered me to measure Jerusalem to find out how wide and how long it is. Verse 3, then the angel who was speaking to me left. And another angel came to meet him and said to him, run, tell that young man, Jerusalem will be a city without wars, because of the great number of men and livestock in it. And I myself will be a war of fire around it, declares the Lord, and I will be its glory within. Yes, we know God wants to build our city. But have we set a limit in our mind, in our heart, how this city will go? God is saying to us, this city will be a city without walls. There's no limit that God will place upon the city that we're in. The limit is only placed by ourselves as far as He's concerned. You know, He allowed us to explore. He allowed us to expand. He allowed us to enlarge. How far this city will go is in our hands. See, I know some of us am... Include myself too We keep looking at the limitation We could look, keep looking at You know the disadvantages Just like the nation of Israel And that's why some them are not prepared to come back But I want to look At our God How He leads us How He takes us To enlarge To build His kingdom To build His city we, we just allow him to take us and, and go with him. We're not going to set limit to what he wants to do. So the young men want to go and measure Jerusalem, how wide it is, how, how, how you know, broad it is. Because they think that's it. That's our city. But God is saying, my city, Jerusalem, is a city without walls. It's going to expand. It's going to grow. It's going to enlarge because I'm there. Because the temple is being built. My presence is there. You know, to build a city without war, you're taking a lot of risk. You're taking a lot of risk. A war is protection. Some of us, when we build, the first thing we think about is how to protect ourselves. And that's why we're confined to certain limitations. But if you build a city without war, that means the enemies can come in anytime to attack in those olden days. Especially if it's a prosperous city. You know, it's just like you building a palace without gate. You're inviting all kinds of people to come and steal from you, rob you, and so on. But God said Jerusalem is a city without war. You're going to trust me Because I will be a war of protection around it My glory will dwell in it If you want to move in the kingdom of God You've got to trust God It doesn't make sense, I know Because they are invaders They are robbers They are thieves They are murderers Yeah, it doesn't make sense but you've got to trust God that God will protect. You know, it's harder to build a city without wars when we set the vision of our church, the mission of our church, to be, to be a church without wars. I can tell you, from a pastoral point of view, it's, it's inviting problems that otherwise I wouldn't have if we just built a temple. You know, but when you build a city, there's a lot of problem. There's a lot of warfare. You need to fight. It doesn't mean that a city without war, you don't need to fight. When the invaders come, you need to fight them. But you trust God for victory. You trust God to protect you. But you need to fight. And I think it's good to to be aware. When we talk about victory, victory, won the war, there will always be casualties. They are part of battle. So you got to be prepared. So what? So what? If you lose certain things, if you, because of trusting in God, you suffer for certain things, so what? That's part of war. And that's why a lot of us we just keep us keep safe, keep it safe. We build those walls to keep people out, and we're not blessing the kingdom. God said, "You build a city without walls. This is my city. I will protect it. My glory will be there." So that's the calling that God has given to us as a church. It's it's a big calling. There'll be a lot of problems. We may suffer loss in many ways, but we'll win the battle. We'll complete what God wants us to do. Make it short to complete this message. Let's just go around to chapter 2, Zechariah, verse 10 to 13. Shout and be glad, O daughter of Zion, for I am coming and I will live among you, declares the Lord. Many nations will be joined with the Lord in that day and will become my people. I will live among you and you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. The Lord will inherit Judah as his portion in a holy land and will again choose Jerusalem, be still before the Lord, all mankind, because he has roused himself from his holy dwelling. You see, the city isn't his final destination, his, his goal. It's a nations is after. And that's why he will do well for the city, because to attract the nations to come, and to say that, hey, you are our God. What kind of city are we building? It's not ordinary. Because it's filled with the glory of God. It's filled with the prosperity of God. There's something special that draws the nation, that attracts the nation. This is what God is leading to. And that is what God's calling upon the nation of Israel. They are to be the nations that are set apart. They are to be priests. They are to evangelize the nations. So that's why God said, come back. Come back to the kingdom purpose. Come back. And that's exactly God's calling upon our life. He has made us to be a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. You know, to declare the praises of Him. That's His calling upon us. And that's why He's saying, come back. Come back to the calling. You know, why is it God has given us this revelation of the kingdom years and years ahead of other places? Isn't that a picture of the nation of Israel? Because the Gentiles nations, you know, pagan nations do not know God, but God has chosen a nation. You proclaim my name. You live up that life. You be a light to the Gentiles nation. So God has called us to be a model for many, many other places. And that's why we received this revelation so much earlier. We, we, You know, I mean, people are just talking about it. Isn't that a picture of the nation of Israel? So God wants us to live in such a way that we draw others. It's not inside here. It's inside and outside. Our inference, what we do for the kingdom of God. You know, how we, 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 well, we bring the kingdom of God into this city. You know, everybody's, well, I won't say everybody. A lot of people is talking about Grace Training Center. Astro TV has come to do a documentary. You see, this is the impact. This is the thing that we're talking about. We didn't go and tell Astro, come, come, you know. we have great. No, people here, about it, they come, they want to know. Out of Tawa, out of Calvary City Church. You know, a tiny bit of what we're talking about this morning. So I really do not know what is ahead. I told the congregation in the natural. I would say no, don't. No more building. Small project can. No more big gigantic project in the natural. See, this is what we do all the time. I'm just like you. But as I walk with the law, as we walk with the law, when the grace of God come, another gigantic project. Let's go for it. If we die, we die. You understand? when we have the grace of God. So you understand, we are not trying. We are not striving. We are not doing it by human ways and means. No, but we allow ourselves to be taken by the Spirit of God to lead us and to guide us, to inspire us, to speak to us. We will not put a limit on Him. When God will say something, when we receive it, we just obey. We just obey. And then he said, be still before the Lord, all mankind, because he has roused himself from his holy dwelling. God is ready. God is ready. But he wants us to be still. He wants us to look to him. He wants us to sense what he's doing, and he's ready. So that's why I say this year we, we want to seek the presence of God. Individually, you seek the presence of God. You you seek to know God's will. Don't live another year just like last year. Last year wasn't good enough. No matter how great it was, there are greater things ahead. Right? So wait on the Lord. You know what we are entering into. We're not doing the tiny little mini-mouse thing. Do you understand? those who don't need to wait for God, just take out your pocket and then you can do it. We're we are doing what God wants us to do. That will bring glory and honour. That will attract nations. But we don't do it because we want to. We know it's His will. We need to wait on the Lord. God, what are you ready to do? And we just enter into partnership with Him and bring about the fulfilment of the prophecy. I keep thinking this will be the New Year message until Jesus comes. I don't know whether there is any other New Year message that is needed. You know, the kingdom is the final thing until the full revelation of the King to take his kingdom. There's nothing else. There's nothing else. That's what's ahead. We're going to pray and then partake communion together this morning.